Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm so thankful that you've taken out some time out of your busy schedule to join me today. I hope and pray that this episode will be helpful and beneficial for you as you strive to weather the different storms that you face in your life. We today are recording episode five, and so this is episode five on season four of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. I want to say as we begin that we certainly appreciate all of you who have been listening. Appreciate you listening today. But if you haven't already, go and check out the Scattered Abroad Network. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, and wherever you get your podcast. And we certainly appreciate uh, you listening, your support, your prayers, your encouragement. And it's just been a great blessing uh, to see this network uh, do what it's been doing. And of course, we give all the glory to God for that. And we thank you for being uh, such kind listeners. And again, we pray that the content that is going out on a daily basis is something that is helpful and beneficial for all who hear. Uh, Thus far in this season, we have been walking through the book of Psalms. In the first two episodes, we did a a broad introduction, uh, introducing the Psalms, and then in our second episode, introducing uh, the author of many of the Psalms. Of course, we emphasize that the Holy Spirit is the one uh, who is the author, but David, a man after God's own heart, is the one who penned the majority of the Psalms. And most of the Psalms that we're going to be studying this season uh, were penned by him. And so in episode three, we studied Psalm three, episode four, Psalm four, and you guessed it today, episode five, we're going to be in Psalm five. Now, this is one of my favorite psalms, and you're going to hear me say that all season, but it really is. And really, it it builds off of Psalms 3 and 4. We talked about, you know, Psalm 3 uh, being in the morning, Psalm 4 in the evening, uh, before battle. But here, when you come to Psalm 5, we're going to notice the language is is very specific. It's very direct. Uh, And this is certainly a psalm of David. We find that in the subscript. But also in the subscript, you'll find... And your Bible may say something a little bit different than mine, but mine says, Psalm 5, a prayer for guidance. And I thought that would be, you know, just right for this context of weathering the storm. Uh, You and I both know that when you're in a storm, this could be a physical storm, it could be uh, financial, it could be mental, it could be spiritual. The one thing that we need is guidance. You know, we get hit with different things that life throws our way. We get hit with that that wave we didn't see coming. And the first thing that we need is, okay, what do I need to do to get back on track? So I need guidance. And that's what this psalm is all about. It's about how we can look to God and we can find the kind of guidance that we need. And so David knows that if he's going to get through this difficult time, he's got to look to his God. And you and I need to come to that same realization. So as we've mentioned in the last several episodes, we're going to stick with the same pattern this season, and I hope by doing that that it's helpful for you, that you can use this as a Bible study, uh, but certainly that you can apply it to your life to help you to go through or get through whatever whatever life is throwing your way at the moment, and I have no idea what that may be. You may be facing something that uh, is only between you and God, but I do hope that this psalm and some of the points that we can bring out can help you as an individual. Draw closer to Him. And so if you have your Bibles with you, and you're in a place where you can read it, we're going to read Psalm 5. I'm going to go through it with you, uh, verse for verse, bring out several points. 
And then I have five points of application today uh, that this will help us. And I want to be specific as far as weathering the storm through our prayer life. And that's what I believe this psalm is really emphasizing. And so I want to give you five things to take with you that you can apply to your daily prayer life that will hopefully help you weather the storm. Let's read Psalm 5 together. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into your house, in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness, because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. Again, it's a beautiful psalm with the emphasis on reaching out to God, looking unto God for guidance and for strength to get through a time of difficulty. As we walk through this, I want to give you an outline that, that I found. This is from uh, Brother Waycaster. Again, he was my teacher at the Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, I, I recommend all of his writings. Uh, he does a really, really great job. And what he, what I love about his commentaries is when he comes across an outline that maybe he's jotted down in his Bible or something that he's come across, he'll, he'll give it to you. And and then he'll use that. And so I want to give you the one that, that he gave and then give you the one that, that I've been using walking through this. And hopefully you can use both of them um, in, in your own personal study. But Roy Deaver said that this psalm is about God's protection and God's victory. And I like that. Our protector and our victor, looking unto God. But the Waycaster simply uh, entitled this psalm, God Blesses Righteousness. And so by living in accordance with God's will, there are blessings associated with that. Here's the outline that Brother Waycaster used. Verses 1 through 3, you have David's appeal. Verses 4 through 8, David's assessment. Verses 9 and 10, David's adversaries. Verses 11 and 12, David's assurance. Again, that's an outline that you can use for your own personal study. If anyone's listening and you are a, a gospel preacher, um, I want to give those outlines for you as well. And it may be that you can just take these down and, and be able to preach them. That would be wonderful. Uh, take these outlines, make it your own, and go forward. Uh, it's one of the best advice that I ever got from a gospel preacher. Brother Steve McCaslin told me that. Uh, just before I took off to MSOP, he said, here's a, a, a some sermon ideas, some sermon outlines. Take them and make them your own. And I believe that's a, a very powerful thing to do. Because preaching is the gospel through your personality. And we do that to the glory of God. But here's the outline that, that I'm going to be using today 
And again, hopefully this is something that can help us as we walk through Psalm 5. First, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 and discuss David's recognition. What did David recognize as we walk through this psalm together? I want to highlight a few words that, that emphasize that this prayer is personal and pointed. It's personal and pointed. Notice the, the verbiage. Give ear, consider, give heed. That's what you find in verses 1 and 2. Give ear, consider, and give heed. And so he is asking God to listen to this prayer. But notice what he says specifically he wants God to hear. My words, my meditation, the voice of my cry. So again, think about how personal this is for David. Give ear to my words, consider my meditation, give heed to the voice of my cry. And then he, he is very pointed in that he emphasizes God. O oh Lord, verse 1. My king, my God, verse 2. And in verse 3, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. So the first thing that David recognizes is God's presence. God's presence. O Lord, my king, my God, I'm going to pray to you. In the morning I will direct it to you, I will look up. What a great way to start your day. And you think about David, whether, whether you're thinking about him as a young shepherd boy or whether you're thinking about him as the king on the throne. He needed to start every day with prayer. And you and I, regardless of where we are in our lives, regardless of what we do for a career, regardless of what's going on, this is how we need to start every day. Because we recognize God's presence and our dependence on him to navigate through the day. Because you and I, we have no idea what a day will bring forth. Proverbs writer brings that out very, very clearly, doesn't he? Boast not about tomorrow. for you. We don't know what a day holds. James says, your life is but a vapor. It's here one minute, gone the next. So when we think about our daily storms that we face, sometimes we see them coming, sometimes we don't. But one thing that we can always do is be prepared in the sense that we recognize God's presence and we go to Him. That's how we start our day. That's how we start on any kind of path or journey that we're going down. Start with God. So David's recognition, he recognizes God's presence. But then in verses 4 through 6, David recognizes God's righteousness. Notice what he says about God. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. That, that thought is brought out throughout the book of Ezekiel. You know, he, he doesn't have pleasure in the death of the wicked, no, but he certainly doesn't have pleasure in wickedness. And when you read Ezekiel and you think about Ezekiel being the watchman and the emphasis there on living for God and being right with God is, is very, very important. But he says, You are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. The Bible does specify there are things that God hates. He hates divorce. Malachi 2.16. Those seven things that are mentioned in Proverbs 6, 16-18. Lying lips, hands that shed innocent blood. All those things. God's hate is judicial in nature. You say, for, for you and me, if there's something that comes up and there's this, this kind of hatred, a lot of times that's an emotional response. But with God, it's judicial. And that's what makes him God. 
Behold the goodness and severity of God. It's, it's judicial in nature. And sometimes that's hard for us to grasp. But that's what the Bible teaches. So David is recognizing God's presence and God's righteousness. Verse 6, you shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. So he's emphasizing things that God is not going to stand for. And because God is righteous in the absolute sense, there are these certain things that cannot be associated with him. And David, when he goes to God in prayer, he recognizes of these things. And that's so important. So again, David's recognition, verses 1 through 6, he recognizes God's presence and he recognizes God's righteousness. Number two, notice verse 7 with me. We have David's response. David's response. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. He's responding to the presence of God and the righteousness of God by coming into his presence. Think about that beautiful psalm, I will come into his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, enter his courts with praise. It's a song that we sing uh, sometimes as well. For the Lord is good, Psalm 100. And, and, and he wants us to come and to be there with him. And so there's, that's David's response. I say this all the time to my, my baseball team at, at Georgia Christian. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. And that's true in life too, isn't it? You know, there's some storms that we face that, that we had nothing to do with that. You know, we go to the doctor and we get that bad news or we lose a loved one unexpectedly. I mean, whatever the case may be, we can't control that that happened to us, but we can control how we respond to it. So David is controlling how he's going to respond to God's presence and God's righteousness. Notice he says, as for me, reminds us of Joshua, doesn't it? As for me and my house will serve the Lord. He says, as for me, I will come to your house in the multitude of your mercy. And in fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. What a great emphasis. and What a great response by David to the presence and righteousness of God. So notice David's recognition and David's response. Verse 8, notice David's request. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Notice that he's asking God again for guidance. Lead me and make your way straight. Make it to where this is the, I know this is the path I need to take and I need to take it. But notice he does so, he says, in the presence of my enemies. And so you and I, as we navigate through storms of life, what we're doing when we pray to God is we're asking for guidance and for direction and for strength. And his word provides that. Psalm 119, 105. We know how we need to walk. We know where we need to go. That doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult, but we do have that guidance. And we need to go to God and ask in faith, nothing wavering, James 1, 5, that we can have the wisdom to apply that when we do go through those trials, when we do go through those storms, that we'll know where to go. And so that's David's request. Make your way straight before me. Lead me. Help me to be more like you. And that's a great prayer. In verses 9 and 10, notice David's rebuke. David's rebuke. And here he emphasizes the wicked, the enemies that are around him. He says, there's no faithfulness in their mouth. 
Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O God. How can he ask God to do that? Well, he's already recognized God's righteousness. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they rebelled against you. I find in that David is taking solace in the fact that God's going to handle it. God's going to take care of it. And the wicked and our enemies, a lot of times, they're laying the traps for themselves. So you just don't worry about that part. Let God handle it. Vengeance belongs unto God. Uh, You and I just need to focus on living for God and doing the right thing. And so that is David's rebuke of the guilty, of the enemies. But now that leads to David's rejoicing, our final point this morning. Verses 11 and 12. David's rejoicing. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Notice the condition. If I don't put my trust in God, there's no real rejoicing. But if I can trust in him all the way, even when my enemies are surrounding me, even when there's times of, uh, of trial and storms around me, if I put my trust in God, then I can truly rejoice. I want you to notice how that word joy is used in this text. First, you have rejoice, verse 11. Let them ever shout for joy. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. So rejoice, joy, be joyful. How in the world could David say that? In the midst of all that's going on. Well, how how can you and I say that in the storm? When we put our trust in God. And that's the whole emphasis of the end of this psalm. You go to God recognizing his presence and his righteousness. You call on him in prayer to guide you and to be with you through dark times. And you put your trust in him, all your confidence in him. And that results in rejoicing. For you, O Lord, verse 12, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. David recognized all of these things, which resulted in his rejoicing in God. And you and I can gain great strength and confidence and do the same exact thing. So as I mentioned a few moments ago, I want to share with you these five things very quickly as we close out this episode today. How can Psalm 5 Help me weather the storm. And specifically, how can this help me in my prayer life that will help me when storms come and I can go to God before, during, and after those storms? Five things. Number one, Psalm 5 can help me to be more consistent in my prayer life. More consistent. One of my favorite examples of of prayer as far as a pattern is that of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, you remember the decree had gone out. If anybody prays to you know any other God, then, then he's going to be putting the lines down. Well, Daniel knew that. Daniel knew that was what going to happen, and yet he went up as his custom was, as was his practice, and he prayed unto God. He knew what was going to happen, but he was so consistent in his prayer life. That was such a pattern, it was such a part of his life, that even news like that wasn't going to change it. So you and I, we may receive news that, you know, bring us to our knees. But when it does, let's stay there and go to God in prayer. Let's always make sure that we are consistent in our prayer lives. Not just when things are going bad. Not just when things are going good, but all the time. That way, when the storm does come, our faith will be bolstered. And we'll have more trust and confidence in God. Number two, Psalm 5 can help me be more persistent in prayer. More persistent. 
recognizing God's presence, recognizing my need for Him, my dependence on Him, should also result in a persistent prayer life. You might say, well, what's the difference between consistent and persistent? Well, consistent means it's a pattern, it's a habit. But persistence is, I'm not going to give up on that one prayer. You tell someone, hey, I'm praying for you. Don't just let it be that one time. Be persistent in that. Ask, seek, and knock. A-S-K. Ask. Go to God. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, it shall be given. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Luke 18, 1. Men ought always to pray and not faint, Jesus said. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And so Psalm 5 reminds us that when we're going through the storm, we need to go to God in prayer. Be consistent and be persistent. Number three, Psalm 5 can help me be more personal in my prayer life. David said, hear my cry, my king, my God. Listen to my voice. Let's be more personal in our prayers. And let's emphasize the fact that, hey, I'm in fellowship with God. And because of Jesus and because he's my great high priest, I can approach the throne of grace boldly and obtain mercy in time of need. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. So this can help me be more personal. Number four, it can help me be more pure. When I recognize God's righteousness, I can pray that he will lead me in the paths of righteousness. I can put all my trust in him and know that when I am doing what God says to do in his word, that I am striving for righteousness. 1 John 3, 7. Let no man deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. I can be right with God if I stay in contact with him. I stay in fellowship with him and I stay in harmony as I walk this life, as I walk in the light. 1 John 1, 7 through 9. And so Psalm 5 can help me be more consistent, more persistent, more personal, more pure. And finally, it can help me be more joyful. And I believe that's, that's a, a, a very important way to end this podcast today. You know, for, for someone who's not a Christian, it's really hard to find joy in life. It's hard to find joy when storms come your way. But for the child of God, there's always that sense of joy. Because you know that God's in control. And you've put all your trust in Him. Be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4.4 4. Be anxious for nothing. Rejoice in the Lord. I, always rejoice. Whether you're in prison like Paul was, whether you're in financial hardship, whether your physical body is failing you, whether relationships are failing you all around, whether you just can't seem to find your way, you're in the midst of the storm and the rain keeps pounding, be more joyful knowing that God ultimately is in control. Psalm 5, a prayer for guidance. I thank you so much for listening today. I hope and pray that what we've talked about today has been helpful for you, and I do hope that it will help you in your personal study. And I want to encourage you, not just with this psalm, but all the psalms that we study throughout this season, to go back and read them for yourself, to study them, and to meditate on them day and night, like the blessed man in Psalm 1. And again, I'm just so thankful for the Word of God, so thankful for the book of Psalms. I do hope and pray that this study has been helpful and will be helpful for you. And I thank you again so much for listening. May God bless you as you weather the storm. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. 
And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.